Morrissey, come on the show. Tell, teach us about phrenology. Yeah. <laughs> Panic on the streets of whites only. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Morrissey's such a butthead. But like, also, how did nobody see that coming? Like, that he was obviously like... Didn't pay I, a lot of attention to him. I don't know. There's it's something not, Morrissey's about... Morrissey's not like, really in my wheelhouse except as a, as a dipshit that I can make fun of. <laughs> you were never a Smiths fan? No. I just think there's not, something not my thing. about like people who are sort of like vocally asexual as like very reactionary. So it doesn't surprise like that feels very proto incel to me. Wow. Like I think it's on really? the incel Ouch. spectrum. Yeah, I think so. It's intolerant of you. I, really? I mean, <laughs> I think there's right to me, fellow difference. incels. <laughs> like I don't you don't there's something about like, well, I don't have sex because I'm above all that. That's like. I mean, I guess there's an attitude there that yeah, it could be kind of. Toxic, I think you're just talking about Morrissey. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe <laughs> I am just talking about Morrissey. Morrissey's just a supreme putz. So maybe it isn't. Yeah, I to don't. To me, it was his. The bigger tip off was his like ultra militant veganism. Like, he, it, he, every kebab shop when he played somewhere, every kebab shop within like a mile radius had to shut down, and if he smelled like meat cooking he wouldn't play yeah he famously walked off stage at coachella because he could smell like a turkey being roasted i was like this isn't fair who's roasting a turkey at coachella, <laughs> coachella <laughs> wait that's not real hey man you want a drumstick <laughs> or a leg uh, why don't you break, like, the, why don't you break be, this dumbass plot down? Oh yeah, let's be, do a plot break. I'd be Morrissey. Break, break down. Just break the right. stupid Welcome plot down. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm going to put my mic down because I don't want to interrupt because this plot is too <laughs> stupid. I can barely pay attention the first time. Yeah, that's why I'm going to uh, hold my mic, actually. Uh, welcome to okay. the show, everybody. All right. I'm All right. cutting out. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> See you later, Rat. <laughs> I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, the Honorable Sam Lazarus. Hello. And Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. He put his mic down. Yeah, he put his mic down. He's tapping to <laughs> it's so terrible. Know he's alive. And today we are talking about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Two uh, men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> oh, God. No good plot enters, no good plot leaves. It's more like four bad plots enter. Oh, I mean... <sighs> Sorry, been... this was just like... Wait, what happened? Okay, so they just basically <laughs> were like... Wouldn't it be great if Mad Max was a kid's movie? And then they did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Yeah. Was what like, was the point of this? Yeah. One movie, please. <laughs> just they like, even had the even had the Sky Captain who was like bad this time for some reason or not. Wait, yeah. What? He was sort of bad in the bad? first one too. Or not the first one, but in the Road Warrior as who well. Was bad? The Sky Captain. Sky Captain. Yeah. The, the helicopter, helicopter guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. It's the same actor. Yeah. yeah. He's the same character. Yeah, except credited as the pilot instead of the gyro pilot. <laughs> well, maybe he ate now the he gyro between yeah. the first and second <laughs> well, movie. We, we couldn't and find another gyro. There were no other gyro shops in the apocalypse, so I just had to be the pilot this time. Initial thoughts beyond that this movie was not even Amazing, close to as good. Incredible. It just The like, greatest movie of all time. I don't know. It was fine. I didn't hate it. It wasn't... Waterworld, where I was like scratching my fucking forehead to try and pull my brain out of my face. That doesn't sound effective. 
<laughs> it wasn't. I'm still here. Would you, no, would really. you rather have do do trepanning or <laughs> trepanation, or would you rather watch Waterworld twice in a row <laughs> with no bathroom breaks? Do I get to wear Wait, a give diaper? Me a minute, <laughs> <laughs> you always get to wear a diaper. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's Long no time when you're not loud. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Wearing a, wearing a diaper is the mark of a so sophisticated <laughs> adult. That's a person who recognizes their limitations. That's right. Yeah. Someone like, who enjoys the finer things in life. I wait, love wait. the Avengers, and I don't want to leave this chair, but I'm not going to stop eating and drinking. There was always like a legend about people who would take the bar in a di- the bar exam in a diaper, and I think the year after I took it, Someone did, and someone made in their diaper. <laughs> this isn't like the Javits Center. So this gigantic, it's like colossally large space, just full of like very anxious people, very very quiet, taking the exam. Why would they do it there? That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Uh yeah. I mean, basically, did that person pass? How <laughs> would I? Would I, I, don't know. I mean, I hope how sure would hope so. That? I sure hope so because then what's your backup plan? You're like, I should have worn two diapers. <laughs> You know, like, how do, you, how do you, like, how could that person not pass? Someone I know, and I don't remember who it was, um, said that they were sitting next to her. It was a was lady? A, I think it was a woman. Wow. Yeah. All right. And she made and, like, wouldn't get up and leave. Well, yeah, obviously. That's... Why else would you have worn the diaper? <laughs> like, you're not going <laughs> to wear a diaper and then Thanks for going to bad shit the diaper, and then the diaper get lady. up and go empty it. Like that totally defeats the purpose of wearing a diaper. Yeah, they should crown you king of all lawyers after that. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like obviously, you're the most logical person who's ever sat for this exam. Here's just, your crown. Just to think that that person could be employed as like uh, an assistant district attorney or like a, a prosecutor, and just like they're they're making like decisions about other people's lives. <laughs> yeah, or a Supreme Court justice. Welcome, no, not welcome to the show. Absolutely, welcome to the show. Not welcome to the show. Your way out of that one. (laughs) Welcome. So there's a lot of things to cut in this so far. (laughs) I don't think so. Let's give it to them raw. We do have some stuff here. I don't know. I mean, what were your initial thoughts about this movie? Other than like, oh, it was fine. Like there was something to this. I love movies like this. you know, in like an unironic, uncynical perspective. It's super fun. All the like terrible people aren't even that bad, you know? Like yeah. nobody does anything that horrific. Even Buttertown is like, at least they have rules, you know? <laughs> they do have rules. Yeah, well, I guess you're right about that. Two rules we know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. There's like a lot of non-consensual work being done in this movie. I mean, is it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're going to get into that. The pig, pig killer. He's enslaved. Yeah, yeah I think he's enslaved, that all of the people down in the pig pit are slaves. But are they slaves above. or are they indentured servants? No, because I don't think that's that a they, great distinction. Yeah, because it is barter town. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I barter the rest of my life in exchange for getting to smell delicious yeah. pig. No, anus. I'm being serious. Like that may have been what happened to that guy. Like he may have bartered away like a future for his family. So he's going to work in the mines. We don't know that that's, that's a shitty deal. Don't take that deal, <laughs> don't guy. Don't take that deal. <laughs> don't take that deal. You think he's a slave? Uh, he says he got life. He says he was sentenced to life. I yeah. even forgot that that guy existed. I, was, I spent yeah. most of this movie watching Instagram. There's no point. There's no point for him to be there yeah. or do anything. 
There's no point for any character to do anything yep. in this movie. I failed to be entertained by this movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. It did not do it for me. It did, I did not feel compelled to continue watching because the story was shambolic and the acting was bad. That's true. And it just, and like it's, it borrowed an aesthetic from a movie that was good. So, so I.e. Like, the first Mad Max or the second, second Mad, Mad Max. Max. The first Mad Max that counts. Yeah. 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 So it was like, I was just not invested because nothing was of note was happening except that Max had to escape from places <laughs> that he brought himself to yeah. in yeah, the first right. place, which For made some, no fucking sense. Oh, I, one thing I did want to say, though, actually, I think something might have gotten lost in translation from the Australian because when they spin the wheel to see where he's going to end up, it says gulag, and then they march him out of the middle of the desert and leave him there. Yeah, I think That's they definitely just not a gulag. didn't give a shit. Or maybe you were looking at the wrong arrow on no, the spinning board. No, they're chanting board. gulag. They chanted, yeah, they chanted gulag. <laughs> oh, that's exactly. what they were saying? So gulag, gulag, that must be like an Australian word that I don't know that doesn't mean gulag and actually means going out into the desert and dying. Tweeted us, Australia. I Did thought they that... have it in Australia? No. No one's doing that? Like right now or like in Mad Max Ever. World? Both. Have they gotten it? No. No. I didn't think so. They're still using uh, paper airplanes. These boomerangs to communicate. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I ride my congressman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I tie my message to a wallaby and kick it out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Toss it out the window, me lorry. Yeah. Take that, Prime Minister. I don't know. I guess I thought that in a lot of ways, like this movie, not necessarily for the better, but like the road warrior basically doesn't really acknowledge any of the circumstances. Sort of the whole thing is taken for granted. Nobody's like, oh, we should have made a better world or like, oh, we really should have done this or done that or these are the problems. It's all left under the surface. And to me, that made it like a lot better in terms of like. It's like smaller in scope. It's smaller in scope. It follows like a much more traditional Western of like the hero rides in, the hero rides out, he saves the yeah, people of the town. Yeah, in this one, it's like something happens and then something else happens and then later other things happen, the end. Yeah, but again, there was like oh, a lot cars. of sort of more complex thematic stuff in it, I guess. And like, I don't know, I found that I took more notes in it, if that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> I found out that I've never seen the end of this movie before. Oh, fair enough. And I had seen the rest of it like 30 times, something like that. I guess I always fell asleep. I mean, in the end of this movie makes very little sense. So, <clears throat> should we dig into a plot breakdown? Do it. Go. Yes. All right. All right, you little wieners. Um, <laughs> I think you should do it with the accent. Yeah, but- <laughs> the movie starts in Barter Town. Starts outside Barter Town. Starts outside Barter Town. And uh, the pilot, who I thought was a good guy, confusingly <laughs> he kicks is a good guy. Mel Gibson in the head. And steals his camels. camels. And his cart. Yeah, but like, where did Max get those camels? Like, also, just. In Mad Max 2.5. Generally, like, you live in an irradiated wasteland. Everybody's dead, right? Like, like that guy is driving by with a cart full of water, and he, like, pulls out his radiation gun and, like, checks it, and it it blows up. It's like. Like, everyone is dead. There is no future for this world. Well. Society is dead. This is something that bugs me about pretty much all the post-apocalyptic movies we watch, is that none of them really account for how much genetic diversity you need to maintain well, civilization and yeah, but humanity. The, you're talking about like a thousand years down the line. Is it? Would, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Like more like a century. Like No, when people less. say like you need a small 
you need a large pool to maintain genetic diversity. What they mean is like over multiple generations, you get to a point where like every child born is horribly disfigured. Yeah. And I just, but that doesn't happen in two generations. It can't right? Like in other words, you get that when people are too closely related, right? So 200 people, presumably none of them are related, right? So the first generation of their offspring, there is no inbreeding. Right. Okay. Fair the enough. The second generation, there might be some. The third, there might be quite a bit. By the time you hit ten, that's all there is. It's a weird kind of bone to pick with with, the, with these movies. Well, I guess because there's always this question of hope in these movies, and that's kind of like that's the driving force behind all of them. And so, like you know, most. that's definitely the second half of the most. Movie. Well, that's the second half of I would say most not of all. these movies. Not a boy and his dog. <laughs> Not- right? Notable <laughs> exception to the yeah notable the nihilistic hope. nightmare. Yeah. A boy and his dog. But no, so so basically, it's something where I constantly am watching these movies, and I'm like, well, these movies are all about hope, but really they don't acknowledge the most hopeless aspect of them, which is that the the war is already lost. You guys are all done. Like in you know, as you say, 10 generations, what's that? 300 years? That's not that long, right? Like, that's it. You guys are fucking toast unless you have another, unless you find right. a community of a lot of other people who have been surviving yeah. and, and have some smart leaders who are like, okay, you two have to breed. It just takes me back to like the Bene Gesserit where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, they know what's fucking up. Like, mm-hmm. Is anything like more blindly optimistic, head in the sand, than this sort of idea like, yeah, you can survive the apocalypse. You know, it's like the whole point is that you don't. And you're right, because all these movies have this big shining ray of hope at the end, where it's like, we do rebuild. We rebuild civilization. Or like in Waterworld, you know, you're the protagonist who's like, I'm the guy who, you know, built this amazing ship with all these doodads that allow it to go really fast. Or like, I'm Mad Max, you know, I'm like, the quickest, fastest draw. I'm the guy who like survives in the wastelands. Like, no, yeah, and it's this like- is all just like, you know, it's all... Are you saying you, you don't think that individuals can survive in the wasteland or that like it's a I think fantasy role that I, most people would have like a really tough time and if you're lucky you make it? I think that Asher's point is good that there's this this the the portrayal is always of almost always not 100% almost always of a fantasy post-apocalyptic world where you know people survive where people thrive and then somehow well and that that in the single person in this like so to me it's like the fallacy of the west obviously it's a portrayal of like somewhat manifest destiny but it's very american to me it's very like the cowboy lives on and rides on baby and it's like yeah the cowboy rides on until you know 150 years from now when every single baby has flippers you know, because al- we're all allows, first cousins. It allows you to be right. very naive and allows you to feel comfortable about something that is really the opposite. Like, you know, the idea of an apocalypse is scary. And in movies so often that uh, that that's, that fear, that scariness uh, is like really cushioned by the, the ending is always good. The end is always positive. Well, and also like there's something about live. it that's inherently reactionary. Where it's like, again, this is not, we're not talking about a future that is communities have survived because of community togetherness where we value our community and our survival with the exception of the Matrix, which kind of touches on that a little bit better than kind of any of these other post-apocalyptic scenarios in that 
like Zion is a city and like the goal is to survive as a community, as a group, right? Every single I mean, other one of these. That's the point of this movie too, right? Like the very end of the movie is like, we're making it work in the city and yeah. more people will come. That's true. But I, I th- yeah, but they don't, I mean, that to me is a death sentence. Like that city that they end up in and we'll get to that is like, you know what? You guys have 20 people. Like, But also the individual can't die either. The protagonist, Mad Max can't die. He actually like, he cannot die. Like, And it's funny because at the end, he should die. By all rights, he should be killed. Several occasions. On several occasions. The, the end, oh, there's yeah. really just, there's no reason for him to survive. They just let but he's go. just he's just let go for no reason. Because Tina Turner. Yeah, that made no him, sense sure. to me. Yeah, the, the end of this movie was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, this, this I mean, this the, the insistence and, you know, I, I'll come down pretty hard. And I think this is like, it's sort of uh, endemic in Hollywood movies that it has to be happy. You have to you have to have but, some kind of happy ending, no matter how ludicrous it is. I'm not again like I, that. I I don't mind. Like you can give me a happy or a sad ending, and like I I'll take no, it both ways. I'm not ways. saying that happy endings are bad. I'm just saying that in a in a movie that's about the apocalypse, like the, that you have to like just work, find your way, work your way to a happy ending. You're not allowed to have anything else, and if you do. The, the one exception in in cinema where there's, there's not a happy ending, you're just like, okay, that's fucking crazy. In science fiction, I think that in, there's other genres where there are there's not not happy endings. Obviously, yeah. I I guess it's. Do, I, am I making a false sort of connection here between like the idea of the cowboy who saves the day and then rides off into the sunset, and there's like some sense of like, oh, we have a community now that's like somewhat right wing is that a crazy sort of like false I think line that more, I'm drawing I think it's more like there are aspects of that character which appeal to a conservative or a reactionary perspective it's not that the character is reactionary it's that if you are a reactionary you like to think that everybody can be that character that, or like, that's that you the can. goal like yeah. the proper way to be an American or whatever a human is to be that guy who's totally independent, who could save the day, you know, who has the right to anything that he wants as long as he's like whatever, moral, just, just yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think in itself it's it's a right-wing thing, but it makes I sense think, that a lot of right-wingers would be into people yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that is like, like you, that. you have a little bit of a mix. Like some of it is, yeah, like the lone righteous cowboy yeah. and, that, and that archetype. And that is like, it is sort of, um, anti-communitarian like it does sort of like it pits the, in, the individual is the locus of, of justice and rightness and it's not really about his relations with other people the less of that the better it's only reluctantly that he engages in any of that right. that I think you're, I think you've identified that people take that which is relatively neutral and really graft onto it like re- a really super abhorrent uh, ideas but also just like that's just I think that's also just kind of storytelling like we're, we're we're trapped in a prison of our subjectivity and like the focus on the individual is just kind of how stories are told. Yeah, that's largely. true. I guess, I, I guess you mean like a, a hero has to be the story about a hero has to be about individual strength or growth. Cause then otherwise there's no narrative. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, mm. 
pretty common through like yeah the foundation most storing trolley traditions around the world I yeah i was about to say foundation is a, is like a, a sort of a series that's not really it's like about a counter example yeah but but and it's specifically about the culture the way the culture grows like galactic culture right i would argue that do the right thing is a is like a perfect example of yeah. a movie that isn't about a hero it's about well, a community radio raheem but I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. I think right. it's. A, it's yeah. about a community, and again, and it's about community togetherness and like what it means to form a community and like what are the threats that a community faces. Yeah. So like uh, the reason that I keep thinking about this is because like, did you guys ever watch? I mean, any of those like doomsday prepper shows or like any sure. of those prep? So like. The craziest thing is, is the narrative that all of these preppers, and and again, I don't know that Mad Max necessarily is the perfect example of feeding into this, but there's there's some shared DNA here of like all these prep communities. Basically, the narrative that they tell is like the haves and the have-nots, and like the when the shit goes down, the have-nots are going to come for the things that the haves have, and I happen to be a have, and I'm a protected with my guns. Right, like that's pretty much every single one of, for the most part, some of them are not, some of them are a little bit more hippy dippy and like, you know, like we have bees on the roof of our house because that's going to save us. You are the most judgmental, judgmental man I've ever met no, in my but, entire life. So the thing about it that just was like, that out there. sure, <laughs> which just saying, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'll take that shot. I'll, cool. <laughs> I'll accept that, that premise. I'm trying, I'm working on becoming a better person. <laughs> It's not bad. You just have critical faculties. Well, <laughs> it's fine to be judgmental. Mm. Yeah. So I, I guess, like, to me, I thought that you know all yeah, of I those mean, like, prep also, people. Sam, if you're appearing on a Doomsday Prepper show, I think Asher's allowed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like Asher's not like going to like your like ten year old cousin. Be like, hey, no skateboard shithead. What are you, Bart Simpson? <laughs> no, I do that to my students all day. So you know, it. that's how that's how I get my knives sharp. Nice. Um, but yeah, I was just like, you know, whenever I watched any of those shows, I was always struck by the thought of like, if the apocalypse actually goes down, like the first people who are gonna quote come after you are gonna be the other people in your fucking idiot bunker because you all have guns. Yeah. It's not gonna be some imaginary ethnic person that you're fucking afraid of. It's it's straight up gonna be your cousin who's in the next room that you went to like army training camp and have been eating MREs with. I just wanna say for our audience that we do consider cracker and ethnicity. I don't know. Should I have cut that or like said no, it less no. offensively? The idea is basically like why are you guys Rit- Rit- like what apocalypse are you actually preparing for when like you could maybe help the world a lot better if you went and volunteered, if you went and actually helped some people and built yeah. a real community and where people really cared for that's each That's where the overlap you're talking about is. Like this picture appeals to people who believe that there is no constructive collaborative future because in that narrative, they can be the strong one that survives. Right. When, but like a more realistic outlook would be like we're going to need a community which is actually kind of why i like this movie at the end of the movie like everybody is falling back on their community right the lost boys yeah Yeah. i guess i mean so that's kind of nice like that's not really in the the last one i don't think the last one has an implication like i don't know i i like you know the first mad max or the second mad max a little bit more than i like this one yeah road warrior a little bit more than thunderdome but how does it end again it ends with the foundation of the great northern tribe 
in time. Okay, so it's kind of the same. Yeah, so it's the same message. It's like that's the point of these movies is like this is the interregnum, like in Foundation. This is the time where people have to be brutal to get back back to to an organized world that's safe. And that this guy is somehow seeding like not democracy, but civilization among these sort of small pockets of quotes. Yeah, or like rooting out uh, tyranny. malicious tyranny. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's like a broad brush, but I guess the point I'm making is like the movie isn't telling that story. These movies don't tell the story of like the rebuilding of society. They're telling the story of like, how does humanity survive in what small ways does it survive through the period in which we're all, you know, crazed. And I think that period, uh, you know, the time when everybody is off their rocker appeals to people who want to be the strong ones amidst chaos, you know? Yeah. Which I think probably lines up pretty well with like authoritarian personalities. But yeah, I mean, it also just shows like that we do, we, there's an allure to towards, there's the allure of barbarism. There's an allure towards the institutions breaking down. Um, and uh, just like and like chaos is seductive, uh, but you know I think on some level we do know and treasure and value civilization. Like that's that's the hope is that civilization is rebuilt. Yeah, I mean for for me for sure. Yeah, yeah. But then that, that sort of to me that uh, kind of contradicts with this like like you know it's it's okay to have this contradiction. It's okay to be have this like you know, kind of seductive fantasy of like, what would the world be like if all society's institutions just fell by the wayside? If every, everything broke down, there were no rules, what would life be like? And it is interesting to imagine that. Uh, but it's also just like, it, it, what you get tripped up is that when you imagine that, and I don't know, I just feel like I made this point over and over, but just like you imagine that, but you imagine that in a very kind of uh, naive way. You know, you just like you imagine that as an interregnum because we've only had interregnums so far. I mean, like, obviously, you know, in the West, we have the Dark Ages is what we call them. Right. That's like onto which all of these stories have. That's what that comes from. Yeah, their roots are in the Cla- actual yeah, real apocalypse <laughs> that, yeah, that, you know, we experienced as a civilization a thousand years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the uh, the destruction of the christian empire by the invading barbarian hordes and that's really fixed itself in yeah, our or the flood in a collective imagination uh the flood the flood is interesting because i think that that is not i don't i don't know you don't think that's i don't think that, that is um it is apocalyptic but it doesn't really strike me in the same sense well first of all uh you know a lot of like i think most of the movies we watch the post-apocalyptic it is man-made so there's this like sense of tragedy that this could have come about through the hand of man. Sure. And I think that graphs on a lot more neatly onto uh, the fall of, of the Rome. Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. The flood is, I think... Which for listeners, I, hang on. Yeah. For listeners who don't know any of this history, because like, again, this is not something the that Roman they, Empire fell. Yo, well, <laughs> I gotta say... No spoilers. Alaric 2. Um, who? Alaric 2, the oh, music Lyric, author. Oh, was Lyric, there. yeah. Okay. Yeah, is that... I don't know how to say it. I've only read it. Yeah, the second. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. But anyway, I don't know. It might be right. right. No, I I just, it's one of those things where like two electric boogaloo. (laughs) I I remember I was legitimately, I was on tour 
in Europe and we were driving through, you know, like former sort of like Roman outlands in like Germany or wherever the fuck. And I remember being like, huh, how did the Roman Empire end? And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm 30 years old and I don't know that when I I went to school for 23 of those years. The Roman Empire sort of didn't end. It just (laughs) changed. Right. Well, in the West, right, it definitively ends in 476, like Raf said, or if we're getting the date I wrong. I mean, the tweeted us history. Pax Romana ended, but the Roman Empire just changed into the Holy Roman Empire and took a break for a few centuries. No, no, they, no, in no the, the Holy East, no. they survive. Well, in the East, the Roman Empire, the Eastern Empire survives till 1300, till Constantinople falls to. Right. Charlemagne know. was the first crowned Holy Roman Emperor. There was not Holy Roman Empire was not really a political force i don't think until 13th century really yeah, yeah. and it's separate no, it, was, it was totally separate from the, the he was just trying it was branding like yeah he was i mean just like, trying to be like and now rome is back baby i mean yeah. there really was like i mean in the western oh, roman in the western in the west in western europe things really did kind of fall apart like they stopped building the big marble buildings and they stopped producing like, you know, trade didn't continue as it well, did before. They stopped collecting standards of trash. Living, yeah. Stopped, like, standards of living plummeted. The cities emptied out. There was um, no fucking clean water. You can drive by like, I'm sorry, I, d- I don't mean to no, talk true. over you, but it's like you can literally drive by aqueducts that once piped clean and fresh drinking water to all of these provinces right. that no longer functioned. People were living in the fucking burned out shell of the Colosseum. It, it was legitimately apocalyptic. They, they Actually, this is the crazy part. They thought that they couldn't imagine that these buildings were built by people. Like They did not believe that that was possible. They thought they were built by gods, like a race of gods that <laughs> inhabited the earth. I, I just... Like I found that amazing. You mean. What's that? Like the aqueducts and the temples. The Colosseum, yeah. yeah, and the temples, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Crazy shit. So, yeah, so the the bones of that are in our civilization. Like, our that point story, of view. That story, I mean, that story haunts us so acutely. Yeah. You know, it's in the fucking foundation of this country, right? Is like the rebirth of Rome and democracy. At least that was... It's in our seal, the fascists. Yeah, it was, it was in the minds of the founders, obviously... You know, well-intentioned, not very good people. <laughs> you know, tweeted us history. Um, all right, history anyway. Twitter. Yeah, we we went a little. Constitution sucks ass. <laughs> We've really gone does. a pretty far afield. Done a lot better. Yeah, so let's should, continue breaking down the block. Yeah, should we have parliamentary humongous come back and rewrite it for you? Let's not. <laughs> Here's Amendment Three. Kiss my ass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So uh, let's cut to the Thunderdome. No, let's uh, no, because there's actually relevant stuff in this movie, right? So Mad Max gets his shit stolen by the pilot from the first movie, including his cadre of camels. And then he decides to go to a place called Barter Town to get it back. P.S. There are lots of camels in, in Barter Town in Australia. That's great. So he goes to Barter Town, which like, I don't know. I thought the Barter Town was fucking hilarious because it was like, again, I don't know. I, I just thought that it was relevant to like the gig economy. I was like, yeah, this is the, the fucking future of the gig bars. economy. Is Barter <laughs> should have called it WeWork. Yeah. Welcome Gibson to the WeWork, WeWork offices. Yeah. You've got you've got any <laughs> you got any Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you Jews stole my camel? Okay, that's a good question. What do you think, Mel? Oh, God, actually, you know what? It's funny because, like, similar to that high school principal who was 
Like, well, Mel Gibson's a garbage human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, 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 but like a terrible person. But like again, it's this idea of like like insanely racist people who just like can't wait to tell you. Like right. <laughs> like this woman like emails like the jumping, principal of the school the and gun. Like, how do you guys deal with teaching the Holocaust? And he's like, well, you know, a lot of people they don't think that it actually fully really happened. And it's like the same shit. Like Mel Gibson gets pulled over drunk and and is like. Sir, can you step out of the vehicle? And he's like, "Oh, you know what your problem is is the Jews." And she's like, "What?" But that's like, even worse. Like, at least the principal like was asked about the Holocaust. Oh yeah, but Mel Gibson is just like unprompted. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you didn't have to say anything. You could have been like, "I'm hammered, but I'm also famous, so right. let me keep going." Yeah. Why are you driving so fast, sir? Well, let me tell you. Yeah. Was he actually in The Passion of the Christ, or did he just direct it? He just directed it, yeah. I think. Jim Caviezel is yeah. the guy. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. Another psycho member of his church. Is oh, that yeah? right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think they but belong. Catholic. They're, like, Catholic in name only. It's oh, like, like one of those. They belong to, like, some, like, insane, like, sicko, tradcath kind of, like. Okay. Like Tweet, tweeted us. Traditional. Pope Francis. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I know you're on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, tweet. I reply to your tweets. <laughs> yeah, nice like, hat, asshole. So Mel Gibson goes to Bartertown, and then he gets conscripted by Tina Turner and her like cadre of like mohawked idiots. <laughs> yeah, unclear <laughs> the why outfits in these movies. Unclear motivations. Yeah, yeah unclear she's, outfits. Yeah, she's like wait, unclear uh, motivations on the outfits. Unclear motivations on why Mel Gibson is doing anything he does. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It just he's it trying, to get, his he's trying to get his stuff back, but like, I it just seemed silly. By fighting another giant, yeah, yeah. they offer him. A, well, they a offer barter. him a deal where they're like, "We'll get you your stuff back, but you got to kill this guy for us because we run Barter Town, mm-hmm. and he has this engineering know-how, but he has this very tall monster. It turns out it's a little person, Master Blaster. Master is the little guy, and Blaster is his like big giant wearing a mask. So Mel More Gibson like helmet. helmet. So Mel Gibson like says, "Okay, I'm gonna." It's a Krang f- helmet. Fight this guy for you. <laughs> a Krang helmet. No, Fair right. enough. It's a Krang guy. Yeah. Um. So Mel Gibson is like, "Okay, cool. I'll kill this guy." And they end up, you know, getting in a conflict and get taken to the Thunderdome. The eponymous Thunderdome, <laughs> <laughs> which Tina Turner sings about in the opening song. It's like and closing Thunderdome. Song. How could you two men enter and one leave? The song... (laughs) Two men enter, fewer than two men leave. One of the songs from this movie, which is something, something... We don't need a hero, something, something beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Is about the world not needing heroes anymore. What we need is the world that comes after Thunderdome. Right, and Tina Turner sort of presents a case where she's like, yeah, I built this city yeah. after the apocalypse, and like from it's running, and yeah, from, we built this city. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's pretty much running well, yeah. so like, you know, it's just that Master Blaster is fucking things up, which it turns out is a complete lie, because Master Blaster is like an engineer who's... Well, it's partly a lie. Like, he is clearly a, you know, tyrant. Is he... I, Again, this was really unclear where it's like he's a tyrant who runs like the pig turd factory yeah, underneath they him, the they city. They switch him from good to bad so often. It just got confused. Yeah, it got no, very that's, confusing that's to me. That's the, the hidden message of this whole movie is that oh, no exactly. one is good and no one is bad. Sometimes except you're when you need them to be one or the other for the script. You're on the entity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I then basically Mel Gibson successfully kills Master Blaster. 
Blaster. Or he kills Blaster. No, he doesn't. Whistle. Oh, he, he doesn't kill. He doesn't him. He kill Blaster. Right. from killing Blaster. Because he realizes he, he whistles him into submission. I'm not going to murder this guy. And everybody's like, two men enter, one man leaves. And she's like, you fucking idiots. What is this? Like a fucking America? Yeah. What is yeah. this? Fox News rally? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Trump rally? News rally. Master Blaster for President 2024. Take it. Uh, yeah. We'll Sounds like it. an improvement. It's fucking better than Tucker Carlson, who's the next guy to yeah. run. Oh, Jesus. So after he successfully sort of beats Master Blaster in the Thunderdome. With the whistle. With the whistle. Yeah. After refusing to kill Blaster, they, they were like, okay, well, we're going to have to punish him. Take him to the Wheel of Fortune. After they kill Blaster. They kill Blaster. Shoot two arrows in him. Yeah. They take Mad Max to the Wheel of Fortune. They spin it, and he gets Gulag, which apparently means kicked out in this world. Yeah. So they like put like a Ronald McDonald mask on him. And yeah, like, that was a nice yeah. touch. I, I thought that was great. That. Me too. So they kick him out into the desert, and he he just like wanders for a while, and then he's rescued by a band of post-apocalyptic children, right? Yeah, I have a lot of questions about the children because, like, of course you do. Oh my god, that was just—it was just like such a drag to like to be brought into that world and like have to like figure out what the point of this. Well, was. that's why I'm and saying like it should be pigeon two English. It should be two movies because if that was the beginning of a movie, then you'd be like, okay, we're we're entering a new context, like new characters. Yeah. I mean, that was very that was very choppy. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, confusing. And actually, the first time I saw this movie, I tuned in there and thought it was yeah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah, for years I thought they were different movies because huh. I would always see them on cable. Yeah, and exactly. Watch like a few commercial breaks and then get bored. This movie's really not good. Are they survivors of a plane crash? Yeah, yeah I think they're survivors they of a plane. A crash. A lot of survivors of a plane crash. Yeah, but that like obviously all the adults died for some reason. Like, yeah, it's, Lord, it's it Lord doesn't of the totally make sense because they. It seems like they've been there, like no one there remembers crashing. Yeah, and they live in. Uh, so they must have had generations, multiple generations, and then which begs the question: like, where are the older ones? But it isn't multiple generations. I guess like the timeline of this makes no sense at all because he remembers very clearly what the pre-apocalyptic world was. Max does. Yeah, Max does. As did Tina Turner in Bartertown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it can't have been more than... I mean, it's possible that these movies take place like five, ten years after the apocalypse. And then the timeline kind of works. Yeah. Because then it could have been a bunch of babies somehow. Or all these babies on a plane. Yeah, like that's the part that doesn't quite make sense. So maybe the implication is that the like two or three, like 15-year-olds have been having babies for yeah. years i guess <laughs> it it made Oy. very little sense and you know and it, i mean again with a lot of really the stupidest shit in sci-fi movies you get the impression that it was just somebody being like oh i thought it would be cool yeah like, totally. and then he goes to like a post-apocalyptic world but like it's full of kids and they all speak yeah. like weird like hymns are come from before time like jar jar binks bullshit remember yeah exactly and, like, I don't know, I thought that the storytelling sequence when they show him in the Disney viewfinder, like, what the yeah. world used to be like was kind of charming and funny. Yeah, no, like, that, the whole sequence, I think, is actually awesome. It just doesn't make any sense with the rest of the movie. Like, it's totally, it's like it's a different, that's I what I'm saying, it was it's a different film. I thought it was corny. Yeah, totally. I didn't think it worked in the context of the movie hardly at all. Like you said, I think yeah. it's just like this, this was another movie that was plopped down in a different movie. It's just like... Something about that world, living in a cave, 
with a bunch of kids. Well, they and, live in an oasis cave like in the middle it's of a desert. Magical. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like this jungle, arid, beautiful space. And then they're surrounded. Never Neverland. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. did have a bit of a like Wendy and the Lost Boys kind of vibe. There's one lady and a lot of gentlemen. There's um, a few ladies, I think. There's a few, yeah, there's a few younger like female children, but there's like one older girl and one yeah. older boy, right? So anyway, I, and this again made me confused. Like, why were they? They decide to leave the oasis. They think he's his, they're looking for their lost savior. Yeah, I mean that didn't make any sense. They, they no, it does make sense. It's because she realizes that the story is bullshit, and she's tired of waiting for something that's never going to come. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's like fine. I'll accept that. Yeah, I don't think they make this abundantly clear what is happening. It just yeah. sort of keeps going, and the, the pigeon English really makes it hard to understand. Yeah, I actually had like a really factions. It makes kids. sense though. Like if the oldest there were. You know, six when everybody got stranded. Oh, that's so they like they grew talk. up not speaking yeah. words. So they, yeah, they I suppose that's like true. If yeah, if you were six and you re- restarted civilization, but like, how could you do that? Right. You would die. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, regardless, Max, like, they want to leave the oasis because he tells them that their foundation myth that they were left there by this brave pilot captain whatever the fuck his name is walker captain walker basically they follow max or max breaks their foundational myth and he they sh- decide he shatters their illusions yeah, yeah he shatters their illusions and so the the female leader of the tribe is like we got to get out of here then we got to go find what is real and so they he like tries to stop them but then doesn't but then comes and rescues them as a kid gets eaten up by quicksand which is pretty harrowing isn't quicksand like not a desert thing i don't know i think there are sinkholes in the desert maybe (laughs) i don't know (laughs) we all sound really sure about (laughs) it tweeted us sinkholes in the desert yeah sure i don't know i mean like again it's it's interesting because like i don't know if you guys have this experience but when i watch a lot of these movies i take a lot of notes in the beginning and then toward the end it's like five things it's like oh then the train wreck and then the uh, chase and then it's just like it's just very it's very rote. I, I guess it reminds me a bit of like something one of my professors in school used to say, which is like act three problems are act one problems. Like mm-hmm. if your ending sucks, it's because you didn't set it up in the beginning properly. Yeah, I really feel like this should be a trilogy of short movies. Or and then it would make much more sense. I don't disagree with you. I didn't yeah. It it makes some sense. Like the problems are trying to tie these plot lines together in a way that is interesting well, and right. also the movie is only an hour and 40 minutes long it's right. not you know yeah. which yeah so they decide to go back it to felt barter a town longer. which like why why did they decide to go back to that barter no town? closest place it's the closest place yeah, yeah. other than this perfect oasis with fresh right. water it's and like, food it's not it's dangerous but it's our best hope for what yeah exactly i was like yeah. for what him. Yeah, yeah like, you know what? We need some murder. There's too many people on this desert. You kids, also you kids like, are getting soft here in your beautiful paradise cave. Right. Teach you what the real world is like. Yeah, your kids are going to learn how to vote Republican. <laughs> Time to conscript yeah. you to the pig mines. We're going to go to the only place around where you can get fresh water other than the place you had where you could get fresh water, except you're going to have to barter for the fresh water and you don't have anything to barter. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So then, talk about a metaphor for capitalism versus socialism. Am I right, guys? Yeah, like, we got to go back to WeWork Town. <laughs> See if you kids have a nice like, little hitch this, in the yeah. mine. Isn't this much? Isn't this much more fulfilling? <laughs> you know, every aspect isn't, of isn't, our lives. Has I work been for myself now. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, isn't isn't putting a number on every single thing you do or think better? Because <laughs> there's a number. Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, ha- yeah, you are almost at your daily quota of thoughts. <laughs> Please insert more Bitcoin <laughs> to continue thinking. <laughs> yeah. So naturally, this leads to a jailbreak of Master of the Master Blaster team. I don't know. So yeah, basically, the jailbreak turns into, or I guess, them visiting Barter Town turns into a jailbreak. Right. Yeah. That like that part's not totally clear to me. Yeah, like, like they show up. Oh no no no! It is because he says at one point that they need master to do what? Yeah. To do nothing. To fix the plane? I don't know. Yeah, but the plane's never gonna work. Yeah, and they don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That, that that doesn't happen. Yeah, which and I mean, it's obvious that the whole idea of this was okay. We have this other cool location. We need to get the, the characters from one location to the other location so we can have all of our cool characters in their outfits together yeah. and then have a car chase. It felt like children playing with action figures. Yeah. So yeah. like, let's <laughs> go back to the town. Yeah. <laughs> where there's bad guys. Yeah, we're going to have the bad guys chase you and then there's going to be booms. This movie sucked. Excuse me, <laughs> Australian. Yes. Yeah, it, it it just got worse as it went on. Where at the first half an hour, I was like, "I'm in. This is super cool." And by the end, I was like, "Wait, why are they chasing each other?" And they're like having battles. And I was like, "Oh right, because it's Mad Max, and there has to be like car yeah. chases with cool car shit." Except they're on a fucking rail. I don't. Yeah, just drive faster than the sense. train and go around it, yeah. you idiots. <laughs> yeah, everything about this was was fucking sub mental. That's where the guy. Like they kill the they kill the uh the other guy who has the weird kabuki mask or something. I don't know what's going Floating on. Floating above his head. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. that that aesthetically was really That's cool. It's a cool touch, but they kill him like six times and finally they finally kill him, kill him, and he like gives the finger as he's dying. Uh, yeah, in the post credits. Un- unbelievable. Or not post credits, I guess. Yeah, in the post credits. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stick around that long. It is basically <laughs> post credits though. Like yeah, the movie's uh, over. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I saw some words on the screen and I was just like, blew up, like, back, <laughs> <Yeah>. to, <laughs> back to human thought right, world. Back to cleaning my kitchen. Yeah. Which so, I reluctantly stopped doing to watch, the <laughs> to watch this <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, it ends or it culminates with this huge, like, collision where somehow the kids get, they escape sense. and they get on the the pilot's plane. Which, like, I don't... He has, like, a car across the tracks that's being sort of used to hold people hostage. No, it's the end of the track. It's the end of the track? I thought that they built, like, a... Oh, maybe. Maybe they built a... Like a a tram. bank or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. one rail line in the post-apocalyptic future on a train that doesn't actually (laughs) Go anywhere? Yeah. And trains running. Whatever. Great idea. Whatever. Yeah. All right, Cool. Yeah, so they're like... Although they did have the like hand cart thing, like I didn't, the pump to move. I didn't see that one. Right at the beginning of the chase scene. Yeah, the hand, yeah, hand truck. Oh, they didn't get very far. Yeah, like, and also the hand cart is traveling at the same speed as the gas engine powered cars. Don't ask questions, Sam. <laughs> Independent thought alarm. <laughs> 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 you Please insert more Bitcoin. 
Oof, this this movie. Yeah. So I want to stop talking about it. What, near, <laughs> yeah. Can we near, be done? In the near future, I don't well, want to no, talk about this movie. The kids anymore. escape on a plane and they, they leave to Max Sydney. to die. Yeah. And and yeah. Max and then Tina Turner catches up with him and is like, like so "You're long. a survivor." She's like, "Sayonara, sucker." Yeah, and just leaves him there, and he gets to move on, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like her, her acting is not stellar. It's not. Yeah, it's not garbage. It was fine. I I thought she looked cool. She did look. Cool. I mean, there yeah. were a lot of mullets in this movie. Like mm-hmm. I thought this was like prime. He has a fucking choice mullet. She's got like a weird mullet esque scenario going on. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of them. I put that in my notes. Um, I feel like some of the kids had mullets too. There's extensive mulleting of the kids. Yeah, they have. Hard, oh yeah, the the fucking leader of the the girl tribe leader has like a dread mullet. So then we end with seeing like this sort of superimposed view of this sort of civilization of children make it to Sydney and they're like retelling their creation myth of how they restarted civilization. But what happened to the the short fella? I don't know. Master's with them. Yeah, master's with them. He helps them. But he's not in the final scenes. Oh, so he obviously... No, they fly off. No, but he's not in the scene where she's telling the creation story in like an abandoned building in Sydney. And the final part of it is like, and that's why we always leave the lights of the city on to to guide strangers back to us you know and then there's like which this is view really of Max. a beautiful thought yeah i thought that to me was like kind of like okay this is somewhat redeeming and i really love this image maybe we could have done yeah, the fires in the windows yeah it was beautiful the city yeah that's cool i don't know i wish they could have got actual sydney for those shots <laughs> yeah i kicked everyone out of their houses <laughs> yeah. set the whole place on fire knocked down a couple of buildings I don't know. So, so that's the end of this movie. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about it? I mean, I think. Christ, I said more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm sure. I mean, like, look, people get, like to get all like upset about like not enjoying stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, whatever. There's nothing wrong with liking this. It just no, it was fine. And it nothing just redeeming kinda, about it. It's just it kind of suck. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like this. Totally. I'm sorry. Your childhood. I mean, I'm sorry that your childhood is so fragile that. I don't know who I'm talking to about this. I see a lot of this discourse <laughs> online and it annoys me. It's like if you can't take criticism of like these cherished like childhood things and like that says something about you that's not positive. Yeah. Know? It's like wh- what's wrong with your life now that you need to hold yeah, you, on to this like, aspect of your you childhood about, so hard. You talk about people that get offended that you don't like this movie. Yeah. N- yeah. Well, or not that, this like, movie. I've never actually talked to anybody about sure. this movie in my life except for my wife who also thinks it sucks right <laughs> and she watches outlander so this is got <laughs> cut that <laughs> Wait, leave it in leave it in she <laughs> listens to the show it's my marriage yeah fair enough i'm trying to protect you i she knows how i feel she knows how i feel <laughs> every time she has a show on i come in and start howling with laughter because i cannot believe the dialogue uh, I'm, I'm from the future uh i don't know what to say my question is, why is he so mad? He doesn't seem very mad. He seems very chill. <laughs> chill, Max. Yeah, and like he's, if he's mad using in the British version. Well, he stops being mad by the second one because he forgot about them. Okay, so now he's, <laughs> so now he's forgetful, Max. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, what's the, I mean? Like ex- he's moved on. He's in the fifth stage Max. of grief. Accept- <laughs> yeah. Acceptance, Max. <laughs> Madness. Acceptance, Max. Beyond Thunderdome and. And grief. And grief. Beyond, beyond, beyond Thunderdome. Isn't there a, uh, Is there another one or it's just Straight to Fury Road? Straight here? to Fury Road. No, I think that there were like some issues I would like after to see this that. one. Oh, Fury Road is amazing. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I've heard excellent things. 
It's really good. All right. Should we throw it to endorsements? As you guys asked to do 20 minutes ago. Absolutely. Wasn't that like an hour ago? I don't know. So it was this whole podcast, we we turned, we hit record, and then it was like, all right, can we off endorse? The, off I the discovered shits. the the vast majority of my um, my endorsements on the show have been the thing that Netflix is currently recommending. That is true. So I'm going to stick with that. Which thing is it this time? What we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, it's, it's really supposed good. to be really funny. What it's funny it? as hell. It's like The Office, but with vampires. It's actually oh, in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, totally. One yeah. of the, at least one of the guys from Flight of the Con- it's Flight the Jermaine yeah. or yeah Jermaine or Brett yeah. I don't know one of the two Concords guys the taller one yeah the the one with like the the big teeth yeah he's in <laughs> it briefly it's really funny though especially the way they fight with each other the vampires they they hiss I haven't watched it yet and it's on Netflix yeah all right I got to check it out it's, it's supposed to be really funny I'm really enjoying it cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to endorse uh, ranked choice voting. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which, um, here, here. We, Have you voted uh, probably, for it yet? No. My early voting place is too far. <laughs> I'm not I think going I'm going to go on Tuesday. <laughs> it's not convenient. And my regular voting place is around the corner. So I'm going to that on Tuesday. This, after I pick up my this Tuesday? shelf. Yes. That's early. Wait. This Tuesday is November 5th. Yeah. So... That is election day, so you can Wait, vote. Really? You can vote then if you want, Sam, <laughs> but you can't vote after that. <laughs> and I can't vote early. Wait, then. who am I voting for? There's not really any four, right? There's vote no- for ranked choice. Yeah, you vote yes on ranked choice voting. Oh, yeah, definitely do that. Except, can I rank oh, Mayor I Pete up. last? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna put in the <laughs> flushing noise. <laughs> <laughs> so my endorsement this week. Can we I, just back up and like double down on RAF endorsing ranked choice voting? Sure, yeah. Because that's like ranked a huge choice miracle vote. to me that we're actually getting to vote on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's first pretty past cool. the post voting is for ugly people, <laughs> disgusting uglos, <laughs> yes. slobs, is disgusting slouches, butthole sniffers, like Hellraiser esque <laughs> slug humans who yeah, end right. up getting elected. <laughs> um, also, I just barf wanted goblins. to say. It's a bit of a missed opportunity or maybe capitulation that this is only going to be valid in the primaries. It won't be in the general elections. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty whack. It's too it's really dumb. Yeah. Well we'll get increments. We'll, yeah, yeah, right. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get there pushing. eventually. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Inshallah. <laughs> Asher? Indeed. You're gonna fucking love this, Raph. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay, I discovered a conspiracy theory that I had never heard of before. Oh my goodness! And it opened the door to an entire genre of conspiracy theory that, like, I was vaguely aware of, but not really fully aware of. So I went down some pretty fucking insane rabbit holes this week, and I had to Mm. stop myself from texting them to all of you guys because they are amazing. So the first one was all two of us. Well, uh, to our friend group text chain, not the yeah. podcast one. I see. What happened was Alan texted me this like government report officially refuting the Kennedy assassination, which like I don't really want to dig into on the show. Alan and I have our disagreements on it. I know, Raph, you and Alan are kind of on the same side. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So this conspiracy well, I, theory, I, I don't believe drama. it, obviously. I want to know more. <clears throat> is that Elvis 
was murdered in 1956 when he <laughs> entered the army and cool. replaced with his twin brother wait who was who was <laughs> melvis <laughs> jesse ah, who was wait, he did not actually have a twin did he, he did he had a twin wait, brother what? who no. was stillborn what? Oh my god! Yeah, Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Th- this was like a fucking. Bin- so wait, they like kept him under wraps. They kept his twin brother under wraps until he went to the army. Yeah, that his twin brother had been raised by the midwife who reported that the child was dead, but <laughs> secretly had like taken him away. Oh, this all makes sense. Yeah, makes so much. And sense. that Elvis was like too provocative and too sexual, and so by like putting him into the army they like neutered his sexuality and replaced him with his sort of tamer brother jesse anyway so that was fucking deranged and that led me down this conspiracy rabbit hole of all these crazy ones of people who claim that other famous people either don't exist have never existed or were replaced with clones like avril yeah avril lavigne which was one i had never heard before Fucking bonkers. There's some A-level fucking you didn't top know, tier. You didn't know the Avril Lavigne replacement theory? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I, I'm, so, I'm so happy you found out about that. Yeah, that's good <laughs> it's stuff. Fucking it's really insane. good. Some of those the graphics are amazing. The earlobes. Okay. Yeah. I've got a better one, though, because I don't think our listeners heard about this. The website that originally reported this is, has been taken down. MSNBC.com. <laughs> 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 yeah. So... I don't know if I... I think I sent this to you when it first came out 10 years ago. I forgot about how fucking insane it was. Obviously, it's not real. TheBeatlesNeverExisted.com. Wait, what? Wow. <laughs> ne- wait. Wow. Yeah. I, I've heard I'm, the thing about Paul. So, yeah. I mean, like, the Winged Beetle documentary about how Paul died in a car crash and was replaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like baby shit. The Beatles yeah. never existed. <laughs> yeah. That, that is like, that is some fucking entry level nonsense. Wow. This is next fucking level. Wow. Yeah. That's like, Wait. that's like lost time theory. That's incredible. <laughs> Are, is the implication that they're like staged? That, that, like- that they were created and that the actual four people, Ringo Starr, George Harrison, John Lennon, and Paul McCartney were not real people, but were fabricated identities that were played by multiple actors over the years of the Beatles and that like those songs were not written by them. And the evidence that this person cites is like, well, look at, look at Paul in this picture. And then in this picture, he's taller and he's got a beard, (laughs) but he's taller. (laughs) Like, like he's standing somewhere different. You fucking fool. (laughs) It's a different length lens from a different distance. Yeah. It was like, Wow. He takes up more of the frame in this shot and less of the frame in this shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is good stuff. This is quality stuff. <laughs> this okay. Is, I mean, like, maybe it's not it's as not good like conspiracy standing theory next to someone because the winged beetle, like, it's joyous. You have to watch this. It's totally worth it. Uh, it's on YouTube. It will always be on YouTube. It's the only video on YouTube I'm aware of. And it just, like, it is just nonstop. It's expensive looking, which is crazy. Um, and like, if you want to hear every Beatles song played backwards, and like have like war- words drawn out of, drawn out of the incoherent, I never existed. <laughs> like that's like I am the walrus. Like I never existed. Of course. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I strongly hey Jude. Like you know, <laughs> I'm his secretly Hitler's son. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. So I was really into I this. Understand how. 
that's crazy. You just need to go to the website, I think. Like I'm gonna. Well, it's, it's gone. It's not there anymore. Oh, it's been fuck. taken down. Now it's like a Geico, which is, is my new conspiracy that it was too real. <laughs> is it, it must be at least on the Wayback Machine. Oh, probably it is Geico on the Wayback Machine. Psyops. <laughs> yeah, Geico is a psyops organization. It's government run. Well, yeah, it was. Oh shit! All right, T- tweeted us caveman from the Geico commercials. No, don't. That's how you know. <laughs> some deep cover fucking I used to be the duck. <laughs> okay, I'll cut that. Okay. Yeah, anyway. I think that's Affleck. Oh yeah. I think you're thinking of Gecko. Walks like a duck. No, they, like they've duck. had Geico has had like there was like a talking pile of money. They've had like thirty different spokespeople. No, it's always been a gecko. It's no, always, it's always different costumes. No, there was the caveman one that we made fun listening. of. No, that, that was the gecko. You're not listening. The gecko's inside all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Costumes. Geico. Did you not know that? (laughs) Government Government. Educational Intelligence (laughs) Communications Organization. (laughs) Cannibalism Operation. Government Erotic (laughs) Intelligence Cabal Organization. Parentheses Jewish. Uh, right, so, it's so, actually so, Geico. <laughs> the J is silent and not written. Uh, so, shalom. Shalom. Uh, happy Shemini Sarah to all our listeners. <laughs> yeah, so thanks so much for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Asher Lack. At Spectral Taint. <laughs> at Case of Piles. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Robot House Pod. Until next time, guys. Spelled H-A-U-S. Thanks so much for tuning in. See ya. Bye. Bye.